FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Whoa, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Check it out, George. <sighs> you know what's going to be like, right, when you start with the song. What's up, everybody? I promise I will make sure we have a very good Thursday. At least I'll try my best. Maybe even at my expense. It's November 18th. It's Gus Kattengill at GCAT underscore 17. The way to tweet at me at ESPN Radio NOLA. The way to tweet over at the station and answer Jordan, the intern's question of the day at some point today. We will hear from him. And it is Thursday. So our normal guest lineup on a Thursday is as well. We'd like to talk to the voices of a couple of schools. Mr. Chris Blair, voice of your LSU Fighting Tigers. Basketball is underway. We'll get his take on how hoops is looking and, you know, foot, football is, uh, it's coming to an end. <laughs> That honestly is the best way to look at it. I'm just being honest with you, right? I mean, I'm not even going to ask. I mean, did Jake Peets leave practice? There's speculation. T-Bob says it was after practice before he left the quarterbacks with the script. I, to, as Matt Moscona says frequently on his show, which follows us every day, two more weeks. Two more weeks. Speaking of, as we touched on yesterday, the uh, rumor mill really seems to be ramping up here. I got a text today uh, uh, whether or not if I had heard uh, the – if it was true or not, perhaps, the best way to kind of look at it, about Lincoln Riley. And if I had heard essentially a, a number and a figure. So, look, again, I'm just telling you. It, it's it's out there a lot, right, as to what is happening or not with him. But, you know, that, uh, that whole perhaps desire of LSU perhaps looking at Mel Tucker, he cashed in yesterday. You saw that? Ten years, $95 million working on that. Saw that? A couple of other names that, you know, were perhaps rumored with LSU, got little raises, little bumps here and there, and apparently Lincoln Riley seems to be the guy that everybody thinks both sides, right? We talked about from Barstool Sports, Ben, you know, saying he's hearing it from both sides. Matt interviewed somebody this week from, you know, Oklahoma, Norman, saying, man, I know him well. I don't hear that or not, but I'm just telling you that number, 12 to 12 and a half to lure him away, He's at seven right now. Saban's nine point seven, and I got a text this morning. Is it true? Eight years was eight years eight ninety six or something? It's twelve. Again, if that, I I made my point on it yesterday. LSU fans, if that's what it winds up being, you know, are you comfortable with that? Are you okay with that? I think he's benefited from, you know. Some transfer QBs. I, I don't know. Twelve million. Is that where we are? True or not? Is that what is that what it would take to lure somebody away to come coach you? Could you not find a coach perhaps under ten? Get good staff. I, I don't know. I I think a lot of times certain fan bases or even administration get fixated on big names. So we will see what happens at the end of the year. Two more weeks, and then probably sooner rather than later, you'll figure it out as to who it's going to be. I'm just telling you, it was surprising this morning. I got that text, you know, from somebody I trust, you know, so we'll see. Anyway, that's in the backdrop. And if you want to chat on that, sure, we can absolutely do that as well. Uh, Well, here's what it is. But eight years, 96 is the text. That I got eight years, ninety six. You do the math; it's twelve. So that's the Tigers. The Saints practiced yesterday. Injury report came out, and kind of as we 
thought we may or may not see, at least perhaps again because of Nick Underhill back on Monday saying that he had gotten kind of uh, an inkling that Taysom Hill could be on the injury report and the Saints actually worked out a quarterback this week. Well, Taysom Hill was one of six Saints that did not practice. Taysom Hill, foot is what it's listed, foot injury, did not practice. Ty Montgomery, hand did not practice. Coach Payton touched on Ty's injury as something that went through the skin. Yeah, that's probably not good. Uh, Teron Armstead, knee, shoulder, did not practice. Ryan Ramchek, knee, did not practice. Malcolm Roach, knee, did not practice. Tano Passanow, ankle, did not practice. Hey, some good news, huh? Alvin Kamara, knee, limited participation. How about that? Probably not good, too. Your starting five offensive linemen didn't practice. Knee injury, knee and shoulder for Teron, knee for Ryan Ramchek. Honestly, I'm not surprised, huh? I mean, it's just, it's the season. It's to just get through the season, regroup next year, see who's your quarterback, draft a receiver, and just, just get through the season. Let's see if you can make the playoffs. Have a nice barbecue on wild card weekend. Get some really good, you know, winter fest beer or something, or just, just enjoy what it is. I just, I don't even get upset anymore. Oh, who's hurt today, right? So anyway, uh, they're back at it. Trevor Simeon spoke yesterday. We'll hear from him on the show. So we'll play a little bit of that. As again, there's, there really doesn't need to be any more mystery on that. He's played well. The rest of the team's, you know, got to eliminate the mistakes. Receivers got to catch. Defense, a little pressure would be nice. This week it's simple. Stop the run. Uh, Jalen Hurts is going to run. Both running backs that they have are going to run. They're going to run. Stop the run. I mean, it really is kind of actually... That's simple this week. Pete Werner also spoke. We'll hear from him that we hadn't gotten to. But, uh, yeah, we'll hear from Trevor Simeon, as he said a lot uh, yesterday. Marquez Callaway also uh, a little bit on the position group and really, uh, you know, what they learned from last week. Ross Jackson's going to touch on Saints coming up at 12.15, 12.30. We're going to swap Ben Heisler, Corey Glore, according to go at 12.30. So fantasy football one thirty, fantasy football one thirty with Ben Heisler, Corey Glore, voice of the Green Wave at twelve thirty, twelve forty five, Chris Blair, Jay Walker one forty five, voice of the Raging Cajuns, Ben Heisler, as I said at one thirty, Lee Sterling our normal two fifteen, and Chip Patterson our normal two thirty. Rest of the way, well, we get to talk about you guessed it, your New Orleans Pelicans. Fantastic first half, they were doing really well yet again. One of the best first half teams in the NBA. Uh, everything was going well. I mean, it, this is, this is to put him up 17-6. Right of the lane. Jump feed left corner to Keel for another three. Heat check for Naw. Timeout Eric Spolstra. Yeah. Now they're calling timeouts. They're like, what? Whose team is this? And missed it. Rebound Josh Hart who's on the move. Now it's one on four. What's Josh going to do? He's going to wait. Get it to Graham. Back in alley. You Jackson. Smash it in. Beautiful find by Devontae Graham. Listen to the energy from the graph. Todd Graffini, voice of your New Orleans Pelicans. It continues. Deep three straight away, no good. And Josh Hart finally got that rebound. Sprints into the front court. Taking it right at Akpala. Lay it up and in with a right hand. And Eric Spolstra has to take another first quarter timeout. More first quarter timeouts. I mean, what an unbelievable start by your New Orleans Pelicans. Herb Jones got in on it. Now a steal by Herb as he picked Hero's pocket. Shovel it to Jackson, running the floor, lost it. But there's Sadoransky to pick up the trash and lay it in with a scooping finger roll. Good job to continue to run the floor because he easily could have given up on that. Another steal for Herb Jones. Yes, and a kick there by Max Strews on the basketball. Back-to-back swipes. For Herb on Tyler Hero. I mean, seriously. The, the Pelicans, listen to Daniel calling him a straitjacket. The Pelicans were playing fantastic championship basketball in that first quarter. Now past the Valanciunas left block. Running, right-hand hook over Deadman. That's what we're talking about for Jonas Valanciunas. 34-21 at the end of the first frame. Second frame, Miami got going a bit, 26-18. And then... <laughs> Well, you see, in the game of basketball, there's two halves. And uh, that first quarter after halftime is called the third quarter. Pels don't tend to do very well historically for some reason. 
I said for some reason. I didn't say for whatever reason because there is. Actually, no, there are reasons. And it's the same old reasons. Tell me if you hadn't heard this one before. Ball stops, no passing, ISO, cold shooting, lack of, you know, the stuff that you did in the opening half. (laughs) Don't believe me? 50 seconds left in the second. Butler, short corner right, backing down Josh, fall away 10-footer. 19 for Jimmy Butler, who can basically name his point total tonight, it seems. Mm-hmm. And you know who? Hero. In the pick from Deadman. Weaves to the top of the key. Shot fake. Jumper on the way. So Hero now has made his last three field goals. Okay, we don't need it. You get the point. Uh, Miami wins. 113-98. Again, I watched that game, and Jordan texted me. Todd, don't get mad at him, because he didn't jinx it. But I'm calling Tulane women's basketball, and I'm following. I got my phone. I got the app up. I'm looking at the box score. I'm like, Brandon Ingram, what, what happened to Brandon Ingram? He's got like four points. What? What Did he go out the night before? I mean, what? you, you can't have that in the first half from Brandon Ingram. Um, and Jordan texts me. He's like, you know, I get excited. But another double-digit lead, it's just, it's just the first half. Like, stop it. They came to play. Look at them. They're playing well. I And the reason I'm not completely out of my mind losing it is because I actually liked what I heard afterwards. Okay? Not only from the head coach, but from the players. And I said this yesterday. You, at the very least, know what the problem is. That, and I know that sounds simplistic and that sounds like, well, that's not doing you any good. Actually, it is. Because last season, when they lost, it was forever reason, for whatever reason. It was the last two head coaches. It was the players that didn't give a bleep. That didn't give a bleep. I don't think you can say that about this team. It's just not happening. Josh Hart is telling you exactly what is happening. And what I do like is he says, don't use excuses. You're young. I keep saying that. Brandon Ingram's not young. Like, he's been in the league a while. Josh Hart's been in the league a while. Devontae Graham's been in the league a while. Valanchunas has been in the league a while. Devontae Graham's been in the league a while. That's the bulk of your team. I'm I'm with Josh Hart on this. And I like hearing it, though. Because the only way you're going to get out of it is if, A, you admit and see and understand the problem, then they have to do it. The locker room, policing itself, picking each other up, supporting at the same time, holding accountability. That has to happen. You haven't had that the last several years when the Pels haven't done well. I'm just being honest. I know that's a trying to find the roses in the thorn bush or whatever it is, but I'm just telling you, at least I'm hearing that. It's not doing any good in a win-loss total, but it's going to get you there. You can't learn to win if you legitimately don't know why you're not winning. I don't really care about the the youth of the team. We got to we gotta grow up. You know, being young, uh, the inexperienced, like it's, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't really care for that right now. We got to focus on growing up. We got to focus on getting better, having a better attention to detail. You know, we've all been playing basketball for, you know, more than half of our lives. We know how to play basketball. We got to go out there, execute, have attention to detail, have discipline, and that's what it is. And you know, like I said, I don't, I don't really care for young or or potential. We got to focus on, you know, right now. Right now, we're two and fourteen. We're at the bottom of the league, and you know, at some point, something has to click in terms of. Um, playing desperate, uh, playing scrappy. Um, and, you know, we got to throw the excuse of being young and, and youth. We got to throw that shit away. I love that. And it's one of the reasons probably why you signed them and brought them back. I'm okay with that. Let the locker room figure it out. But you have to know why. Coach Green's giving you the reasons why. Hart will tell you, I'll play all of this in the locker room sound. It's good. It's good. At the top of next hour. 
That's what he's talking about. They're tuned for it. It is what it is. Again, you still don't have you know who in there. B.I. I, look, just this is where you are. This is just where you are. They got to figure it out. Got to figure it out. At least you have people in there that understand that it's time. At least somebody got upset. Remember last year? Several years ago when Dino used to come on all the time? What did y'all say? Can somebody throw a chair? Can somebody show it they're angry? Can somebody act like they give a bleep? Coach Green does. You hear from Hart and you hear from other players. They actually care. It's bothering them. It ticks them on. Now they got to figure it out. I know it's a slow, painful process. And I know it's sad that that's, that's where we are, but at least it comes across and it sounds like you have players that care. They just got to find a way to put it all together. They, you see, you see, you see moments. You see it in the first half, in the first quarter, you see it. But he has some very interesting thoughts as to why he thinks it's happening. And I'll play that at the top of the hour. Up next, Ross Jackson, Locked On Saints. We'll go over that injury report. How concerned is he? Two of the starting five did not practice yesterday. It's the Eagles. Is it very simple? Is it who runs the football best on Sunday that wins? I'll ask him all that next on your home for Pelicans basketball. ESPN New Orleans. aftermath of Hurricane Ida. It is obvious that our community has taken a big hit. As we all rebuild and come together in the best of ways, the way we do it in South Louisiana, helping our neighbors, family, and especially local businesses, Home Attractor and John Deere would like to thank all of our customers for their business, supporting, and understanding while we work through the damage with plans to be better than ever as a business and a community. Home Attractor is open for business and here to serve our community. We have new John Deere equipment to help get the work done. Home Attractor, at the foot of the tunnel on the east side. On August 29, 2021, Hurricane Ida wreaked havoc on our community, leaving thousands of people feeling helpless, vulnerable, and desperate. We refuse to let insurance companies do the same. At AMO Trial Lawyers, we have assembled a team of not only attorneys, but also contractors, adjusters, engineers, and estimators with the focus of maximizing your claim value and assisting in your recovery. If you think your insurance company isn't treating you fairly, get a name that insurance companies know by calling 985-446-3333. I'm Matt Ori. And I'm David Ardwin. And we are the AMO Advantage. Coco's Mexican Restaurant on Highway 1 in Raceland is open and ready to please you. They have daily lunch specials Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Mouth-watering Mexican food daily with delicious specialty dishes like coconut shrimp tacos, Baja fish tacos, plus try the trio burritos or a carne asada. Coco's Mexican has happy hour from 3 to 7 p.m. with two-for-one margaritas. Delivery service from waiters also available. They're located on Highway 1 in Raceland next to the post office. Coco's. Archie Manning here for Thibodeau Regional. In the Manning household, we're pretty serious about sports. And just like the team at the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional, we're also very serious about sports safety. As the region's leader and first comprehensive sports medicine program, they've been in the game longer with certified athletic trainers, fellowship-trained sports medicine physicians, and neuro-sports-trained experts. So play hard, play to win, but play it safe with the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional. Got a hot take? Everybody listen up. Let's hear it. Call us at 800-998-1003. Answer that phone. Or tweet us at ESPN Radio NOLA. Now, back to the sports hangover with Gus Kattengill. Welcome back, sports hangover. As always on Thursdays, we love to speak with Mr. Ross Jackson, Locked On Saints. You know, you already should follow him already. Locked. Ross, what's going on, sir? What's going on, buddy? Hey, buddy. Glad to be here with you. I appreciate you having me back, as always. Glad to be here. At Ross Jackson Nola, the way to follow on Twitter. Uh, I was going to try to find a, a little bit of peace. It's just the problem is it's too much of a tease. People want to hear it. Sean Payton was on the Dan Patrick show. Did you get a chance to catch that? Yes, I did. He's still a little angry by the roughing the passer call, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Still a little upset about it, and completely understandable. I mean, I saw the, I saw the Twitter question that y'all put out, so let me let me answer it here. Sure. Um, I, I do think that he has every right to still be upset about this because, as he mentioned, and I think he did a good job laying it out. I mean, 
you spend all week, you prepare, you try to do what you have to do to be able to play this game to the best of your ability and the highest standards. And the people that are out there to try to maintain those standards can't do it. And it, it, it's it's kind of a you get robbed in a way. I don't want to say get robbed, excuse me, but you know you you get you get all of that preparation, all of that gets taken away from you. Is right. what I mean. And it's just not a way the game should be settled. And so I I, I tend to agree with everything Coach Payton had to share. Um, during that during that uh, conference or during that uh, interview, and uh, I'm glad that he was open about it and honest about it. Probably the reason he has decided to no longer be on the competition committee would be <laughs> my guess on it. Um, Ross, look, I, the officials are one thing, but there there are reasons that the Saints have lost two straight. What would those reasons be? Two different games, two similar results, though in disappointing fashion in terms of the Saints didn't play to their best of their capability. But what were the reasons you think they lost in Atlanta and Tennessee? Yeah, look, I think that some of it comes down to just having the ball bounce the right way. I was talking about it on, on Locked on Saints earlier this week. And, you know, at some point, you know, the, the fumble off the kick return that um, that Kevin White forced in the Atlanta game, that didn't bounce your way. The fumble at the end of the game, actually, that Marcus Davenport uh, forced because Mike Davis, instead of just going down and running the clock, tried to be cute and tried to run the clock out a little bit more. He ended up getting the ball punched out from him. That didn't go your way. Then you had the fumble by Deontay Harris up against the uh, up against the Tennessee Titans, and then Ryan Tannehill fumbles eight yards away from him, and the Saints can't get it to bounce their way. And, you know, eventually those things are going to kind of even out. That's four fumbles right there that they, you know, could have had a chance at, uh, not necessarily all taking away, but three of them would have been takeaways. They weren't able to do that, and you know these are two games in a row where they've lost time of possession as well as lost turnovers. So those numbers begin to matter, and of course that turnover differential is something that Coach Payton really, really focuses on for this team and their success. So I would definitely put luck as being a part of it, and the other part of it would just be slow starts. I mean, you look at the way that these two teams have, or the way that over these two games that that this team has operated, they have been a slow starting team. You saw five drops in the first half against Atlanta. You saw, you know, an 82 passer rating from um, Trevor Simeon over the first three quarters turn into over 120 right. in the fourth right. quarter. I mean, this team tends to come alive late in games when the defenses across them aren't in full-on attack mode. So they have to figure out what is the identity of this offense when those defenses are in attack mode early and then figure out how to be able to put some points on the board early. I guess if you look at positives, and look, this is just kind of the way my mind has had to start to think Ross, because I also cover and talk about the Pelicans, I have to try to find positive things and bad things. Kent, is it positive what you just said? That while it's not, you know, where you would like it to be, like at the start of the game or through over four quarters, 22-1 answer in the fourth against the Falcons, come back late against the Titans, is that should that be taken as, hey, there's signs that this offense can kind of get going and moving. It just kind of has to happen all together. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can see the destination, right? I don't know if you've ever driven to Vegas, but there's this whole phenomenon to where you can see Vegas for what feels like seven hours before you get to it. And it, it is that situation right now for the New Orleans Saints to where, you know, it's all flat land in front of them right now. So they can see the destination. They just have to be able to get there. And some of that has to do with stuff that, Look, you make two extra points early on in that game, and at the end of the game, instead of going for a two-point conversion to tie, you're going for an extra point to win, right? So there are these different sort of scenarios for the Saints that get impacted based upon you know these early errors in the game. You know, you miss two extra points. That changes the way that you have to play the game. It changes the math you have to do in order to come back at the end of the game, right? You have this early turnover. That series of possessions of four possessions on either side of halftime were detrimental for the Saints. I mean, you had the the one drive that of course you had the roughing the passer call that took away the interception in the end zone that turned into seven points for Tennessee. You weren't able to come up with any type of a score in the two minute drive at the end of the first half. You come back at the beginning of the first half, you have the fumble that leads to a touchdown for Tennessee. And then you aren't able to capitalize on the other end of that. Those four possessions were just, I mean, that that rocked them for where, you know, in terms of where they were, because that gave you the opportunity or it turned the opportunity to go, you know, two for two coming out of going into halftime, coming out of halftime, that opportunity to, you know, get two straight scores like that and build that momentum. And it shifted the momentum directly to the other side. And then you're having to catch back up 
from that at the end of the game. So if you're able to get a little bit more success, so your higher success rate in the first half, it sets you up for what you're already doing well, which is playing better late into games. Speak with Ross Jackson as, um, of course, the podcast Locked On Saints that Ross Jackson knows is the way to follow him over on Twitter. So it was my thing. You remember when we spoke a couple of Thursdays ago, you got to get that Falcons game, right? I'm like, you, I'm not, you couldn't beat Tennessee, but they're a good team. That Vrabel team, they find a way. That's what it is. And you're not the same team you were the last couple of years when you did beat them. And I just wanted to avoid where we are now. I posted it yesterday as a question <laughs> of the day. I didn't want Philly to be a must-win game. Right. That was my question because that's how I feel. First, am I right or wrong on that? And B, my reasoning is simple. I You got the Bills. You got the Cowboys. You got the Jets at cold weather sandwich between going at the Bucks. I just, like, now it's a must. You got, you got to have this game. Like, you cannot not come back with the win. It's a must. Yeah, and, and I'll give you another reason why this game is so important, too. Because the Philadelphia Eagles have head-to-head wins over both the Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers, who are both firmly entrenched along with the New Orleans Saints for a battle within the NFC South positioning but also within the NFC playoffs. So if you beat the Philadelphia Eagles and then you even up what you're going to need to do if you're the Saints, if you can even up the series with the Falcons with a win later on in the season against them and a win late in the season up against the Carolina Panthers, that puts you in a situation to where you're tied in terms of head-to-head, but then you have not only the conference win over the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, but you also have the head-to-head win over, or excuse me, the, the common opponent win uh, over a team that beat both of them. So that's another reason why this game becomes very important, because this win against Philadelphia could potentially have massive playoff implications, depending upon how chaotic the NFC stays and how tight the bottom of the NFC playoff race continues. So, yes, I agree with you. And I think there's you know even more outside of just the series of games that's coming up over the immediate future. But this game has implications late in the season that could you know not be settled until the new week 17. Is it as easy, Ross, this Sunday as who runs the ball the most or effectively will, will win this game? Because it's, I mean, they, they rushed 40 times. I don't know if they're going to do that this Sunday, but Sean Payton himself said back on Monday that this team is playing better football because they have figured out that's what they need to do. And they have completely bought in and made it their offense. They're going to run the football with Hertz and two other running backs. So, Simple for the Saints, huh? Stop them. I mean, I'm not saying it's simple to two stop them, but that's what they're going to do. I don't expect Hurts to throw it 40 times. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think you're absolutely right. This is a Philadelphia Eagles team that has now started to sort of brand itself after the 2018 Baltimore Ravens team, for instance. I mean, they are worried about running the football and producing on the ground, and they have a really great way to do it. And as you mentioned, it's not going to be easy. If anything, we saw that last year. It's not going to be easy for the Saints to stop Jalen Hurts and these running backs from getting production, especially guys like uh, Kenneth Gainwell, who have been awesome all season. And so, yeah, I mean, it's going to come down to limiting the run game uh, on on the defensive side, which the Saints have done very well. It's the best run defense in the NFL still uh, in terms of a yards per carry basis. And But the Saints are going to have to be able to come back on the opposite side and run the ball effectively themselves and control the clock as much as they can because that's the other part of it. Is you can't let that team run 40 times because then you've given them so much of – the game clock at that point. So you have to be able to get them off the field. You can't let them get those pesky, you know, third and long runs with the quarterback, which we've seen mm-hmm. time and time again, all season uh, and, or not all season uh, across the NFL, but you know, it's, it, it is something we've seen in the past with the Saints as well. And on the other hand, you have to be able to produce on the ground and you should be able to against this Philadelphia Eagles uh, run defense, which gave up 5.3 yards per carry to Melvin Gordon and Javonta Williams last week up against the Denver Broncos. But the difference was he also had a defensive touchdown in that game in favor of Philly, and Philly was able to put points on the board early. So it made Denver you know, essentially bail on their run game. So that's another reason why the Saints need to get some points on the board early so that they don't end up in a situation where they're forced to be one-dimensional trying to come back late in the game. Ross Jackson, every Thursday we chat with him. We appreciate the time, and as always, Excellent coverage. You locked up with Locked On Birds. Did you ask the gentleman the yearly rite of passage sort of question about Santa being pelted by batteries and being booed <laughs> by the Philly fans? Because it's every year. It happens every year. <laughs> <laughs> 
I didn't go to the Santa Claus question, but but I did I did keep it a little bit closer to home, and I asked about whether or not they regret letting Malcolm Jenkins walk, mm. uh, because for a franchise that held on a little bit too long to Alshon Jeffrey, held on a little bit too long to a couple of other players. They sure moved on from Malcolm Jenkins maybe a little bit quicker than Howie Roseman should have. And uh, and I think my, my colleague there over at Locked on Eagles, Louis DiBiase, completely agreed. He he felt he felt that that is a uh, void that they're gonna try to be that they're gonna be trying to fill for the you know, foreseeable future, which is yeah. exactly what happened to the Saints. When they let Malcolm Jenkins go, they tried to fill that void for quite a while until finally they, you know, landed a Marcus Williams and then brought Malcolm Jenkins back. Well, if you want to get more of the preview between the Eagles and Saints and hear that full answer, Ross made it real easy. He pinned it on the top of his Twitter page. Thank you, Ross, because I got no time, sir. I just want to be able to go right to it. No, it's really All of our convenience, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> At Ross Jackson, Nola's the way to follow on Twitter. Go check it out, Locked On Saints. But also, again, here's the preview, both sides. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely appreciate it, buddy. Stay safe, and I'll talk to you soon. Same thing. We'll talk next week. And when we come back, Corey Glore, he uh, went to Tallahassee last night, came back last night as well. Tulane basketball took on Florida State. And they will close out their football home schedule on Saturday. We will talk to him about that as they take on the South Florida Bulls. That is next on your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. I like smoking lightning. Every metal thunder. Racing with the wind And the feeling that I'm under 5G is here, but the big carriers want you to sign a pricey long-term contract to get in on the action. Well, no more, because Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide. With plans starting at just $35 a month with no contract. And get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299. All on America's best networks. 5G coverage, 5G phones, less money. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. After a whole month of pro values, Lowe's Provember event is ending soon. But pros like you still have time to save. With buy one, get one free deals on select DeWalt power tools and top values like a Spider 2-pack of 4.5-inch diamond cutoff wheels for $14.98. Provember ends November 24th. Shop in-store or at Lowe's.com slash Provember. Lowe's, the new home for pros. While supplies last, U.S. only, about 1028 through 1124. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me. Sponsored by the Louisiana Army National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station. As a recipient of a prize from Coastal Broadcasting of La Rose Incorporated, also known as KLRZ 100.3 FM ESPN New Orleans, you are responsible for applicable taxes and our licensing fees. We're not responsible if a prize is damaged or breaks, an event is canceled or business closes. When mailing prizes, our station is not responsible for prizes that are damaged or lost. One winner per household for 30 days. Winner must have a picture ID and must pick up the prize within 30 days. You can pick up most prizes at our studio office, 11603 Highway 308 La Rose. Thank you for listening. Can we talk? talk sports? Real sports. Give us a hot spoonful of your opinion. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. At Corey Glory, you're ready to follow the voice of the Tulane Green Wave. Mr. Corey Glory joins us on Thursdays to talk wave. Football and now basketball. Sir, how was uh, the trip to Tallahassee? Close one last night. Close one. Good effort. Came up a little bit short. How's your voice doing, Goose? I'm doing you had fun. a hell of a game. <laughs> Double overtime, man. That's fun. You gotta like that, man. Anytime you win is fun. And wins over Bama and TCU make it even better. But yeah, double overtime, man. That, that was fun. I was just hoping not to blow it. You know, I'm so used to like the graph texting me during those games. Uh, don't blow it. Make sure you do a good call. But he was calling his own game. So I had no pressure yeah. in that one. <laughs> and I'll say this. That, you know, obviously I was in my own game and I wasn't able to listen to you live. But the, the choice of my job is I can go back and listen to it. And I, I there were huge, you're channeling some graph there, my man. Like, and it sounded great. <laughs> Look, I, I'll say this. Crowds and environments add a lot to it, right? And, yeah. you know, it, it can kind of be something that we can – 
transition to football here in a second, but also with basketball. Look, you were in Tallahassee, and and when we go play out-of-conference games, you tend to play bigger schools that have those fan bases and environment. Man, it's so key. It's so big, isn't it, to, to actually have that? Because while it wasn't a 1,000 or 2,000 people in there last night, the couple hundred that were made that place an atmosphere. You could see how athletes react to that, right? I mean, and last night, you look at Tulane just dropping a game by four to Florida State. You know, they, they battled. Yeah, and, and that environment was tough. It was a, a rocket student section. And, you know, after the game, I was talking to our, you know, associate head coach Ray McCallum, and he said, you know, despite the loss, this is us. This is the type of game we need to play, game in and game out. Just hard-nosed, aggressive defense. And they pulled it off against one of the best teams in the ACC and one of the best defensive teams in the nation. And, and that's why they struggled to score the ball in the second half. But Tulane defensively matched that club step for step on the road. And this was by design, Goose. It was to get them a chance like this against a team like this early on in the year to see how they looked, how they came together. And, and it wasn't a win, but I can tell you there was a lot of optimism after it. What was different between that loss by four and a three-point loss to Southern? Uh, there weren't as many self-inflicted mistakes. And, you know, Southern, there was a good 10-minute stretch in the middle of the first half where they kept turning the ball over. They were playing lackadaisical defense, and they were getting sloppy. Uh, and that became too much to overcome. Here, there, there was never that case where you felt as though Tulane was shooting themselves in the foot. And so maybe the very end when they admittedly got tired against a team that is huge, that's so much bigger than they are physically. Um, but against Southern, they kind of tried to you know, lollygag their way through that first half, and they got burned for it. So that was the difference, where it felt self-inflicted against Southern. It did not last night. Speaking with Corey Glory, voice of the Tulane Green Wave, last year, when I filled in and called a couple of men's games and also followed throughout the season, three-point shooting at times was an issue. And look, in the NBA and in college, in my game last night, if you can't make threes, it's going to be tough to kind of, you know, win games. I mean, there's no other way to look at it that way. How is that aspect of the Wave offense kind of materializing through just a few games already through three? Yeah, it's getting better. I think it needs to get stronger because there are a couple of guys they brought in the transfer equation that were brought in almost exclusively to shoot threes, and it's been a little bit of a struggle to get them going. I mean, Jalen Cook is showing stroke from three that I don't know if that was fully anticipated just yet, but he has drilled. He's looked very confident from behind the arc, and Jalen Forbes has had, you know, spurts here and there like he showed a season ago. You know, guys like Scott Spencer were brought in to shoot threes, and he hasn't hit one yet this year. And so that's going to need to turn around. And once they get him going, once they get maybe Devon Baker, another transfer to hit a three or two for them, and maybe even a couple from Theon James, he's worked on it in the offseason, then it becomes the offense that Ron Hunter knows this team is capable of. Right now it's not there, but the sky's the limit on it growing. All right, well, next up, you guys are going to take on Drexel. Um, do you need anybody to fill in for you on Monday when that takes place at all? And you know, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest, Gus. I yeah. think I'm going to buck up and find a way to head that way. Oh, well, you know what? Look, there's a reason you got hired. I mean, you, you'll you put, you know, the team before you, no doubt, as uh, I will be in Denver next week. Where it will be, well, it's 47 right now. And early, yep, looky there, 33 degrees, a high of 40. That's good. Huh? Now, That's I'll bad. say I'll say this, Gus. Uh, have you been to Denver before? <laughs> yeah, I love Denver. It's, it's, nice. it's a great city. It's like, yeah. like, it's I'm not good. NASA. I know it's not the beach, but Denver <laughs> right. is, is not a bad spot to be. <laughs> I'm actually disappointed it's not uh, It's not snowing. Brian and Ola used a good friend of mine, now lives there, and I text him, like, is it going to be snowing? He goes, I hope not. I'm like, dude, <laughs> You can't expect no snow moving from New Orleans to Denver. So, um, okay, football, sir, it ends this weekend, and it's the final home game of the season. It hasn't been the season that Coach Willie Fritz wanted. We spoke to him back on Tuesday, and he agreed with this, though. 
a lot of times the last thing that you see kind of helps that perception on that. And perhaps leaving the, you know, the, the, the season with a win, playing well against South Florida, perhaps maybe, is the way that you can maybe sort of change that perception or, or, or narrative, Corey, you know, ending strong, finishing strong at home, just to, to at least leave the fans, okay, well, maybe there's hope next year kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's more important to do it for these players, Gus. Like, I mean, it's, um, you know, the ones who are departing, certainly you want them to step out strong here. And, you know, the ones who are young, who are about to maybe get a couple more opportunities the next two games and, you know, try and solidify a spot for next year, you want them to perform well. And so, yeah, I mean, I think the season is what it is by this point, Gus, and, and fans have made their decision, uh, you know, rightly or wrongly about what's happened this year. But, you know, there just needs to be some sort of positivity in the next two weeks before this thing closes out for this group because, you know, I'm around them a lot, and they've kept high spirits for most of this run, and now it's, you know, the end of the year's here, and it's time to actually get it rewarded. 1-9, hoping to get a couple of wins here, USF. 11 a.m. on Saturday, and then the following Saturday after Thanksgiving at Memphis. Always an interesting place to play there. Still no time determined on that. So, Corey, I guess we'll see what happens on a football field. Just just let me know, though. I mean, we can, you know, in case you do need somebody to fill in for you, I, I know somebody. Yeah, um, yeah, I'll be in touch. Uh, I know a few people <laughs> who would be ready to step in. Um, you know, I, I, I listened to a guy last it. night or couple. The graph would definitely do it. I mean, you, no question. You and I both know. But, uh, no, uh, yeah, I, I will let you know, Gus. I mean, you had a hell of a call last night. I feel confident you could take over for me in Nassau if that is warranted. Like I said, it's just, it's just, I'm just giving you that comfort, you know, in case you get the sniffles yeah. or something of that nature. Anyway, enjoy the tropical weather, sir. Try not to fish too much and enjoy your trip. Gus, thank you. And before I go, just have a seat, Gus. Have a seat. There it is. All six foot seven of her. <laughs> that was my call yesterday. I legitimately said that. A six foot seven player for TCU fouled out. And yes, it, it, the game was chippy to say the least. And when she finally committed her fifth personal foul, I might have said something along those lines of have a seat. All six foot seven of you. <laughs> I'm five foot seven, Corey. She's an entire foot taller than me. When I walked on the court earlier, I'm five seven. She's six seven. I mean, she that's could break, tall. She could break us in half without thinking twice about it. And I, I loved it. I loved the passion in that call, <laughs> Gus. Uh, you had a hell of a night, and, and I'm glad that you got a, a thrilling win like that. You've called more wins in a week than I have in four months here. I don't know if that's a good thing because that's more wins in the Pels as well, too. We need we need some wins in the city. We need yeah, wins. Wins, folks. <laughs> Let's get some wins. At Corey Glory, way to follow on Twitter. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it, man. Have a good call Saturday and safe trip. Thanks, Gus. Appreciate it. Yep, for sure. Hey, don't forget, folks, DraftKings Sportsbook is coming to Louisiana. Like when? Like it's now. It's going to be live, I believe, next week. We'll ask Rafael tomorrow when we have him on if he knows exactly around that time frame. But he kind of told me earlier in the week, uh, earlier in the month, rather, there was going to be the end of the month around Thanksgiving-ish. That's when they would like to have it go live. So do it now. Why do I need to do it now? Simple. Because if you do it before it goes live, you get $100 in free bets just for signing up today. No deposit required. So DraftKings, as you know already, they're bringing all that experience that you know them from being a leader in daily fantasy sports because I've already told you to go download that app, right? Where you select your players, stay under the salary cap, press play, see how you do with the competition, and you can win millions of dollars in prizes. That's easy. But that's a fantasy-type game. This is wagering. This is I want to bet on this game. I want to bet on, you know, that game. And you can do that from your your phone, comfort of your, you know, parking lot you're waiting, hopefully not in traffic. But the point is this. Go do it, and you get $100 in free bets. No deposit required. So the app's called DraftKings Sportsbook, okay? It's different than the DraftKings Daily Fantasy app. DraftKings Sportsbook. Then I'm going to ask you for code, LaRose, L-A-R-O-S-E, LaRose. Put that in, $100 in free bets is yours. That easy. 
When we come back, the voice of the LSU Fighting Tigers, Mr. Chris Blair, will talk hoops. We'll talk football next on ESPN New Orleans. It's the Black Friday sales event at Southland Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Rams, long-lasting new pickups, or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram truck or van at Southland Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus the river parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. Offshore workers are among the most important members of the Gulf Coast workforce. When a person working offshore or on a vessel is injured, the effects on their family can be devastating. At The King Firm, we are proud to have experience with these types of cases and make it a priority to see that our clients receive just compensation and are treated fairly. If you've been injured, don't play the game of claims with the insurance companies. Ring The King at 504-909-KING or 888-241-8766. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? So it's about that time for an oil change? We've got what you need. Right now, you can get five quarts of Castrol Edge full synthetic or full synthetic high mileage and an STP extended life oil filter for just $31.99. And you can get it all fast, your way. Just order online with our free same-day store pickup or next-day delivery. Get in zone, AutoZone. Start your job today at AutoZone.com. Restrictions apply. What would you say you do here? Sports. Sports. All day long. Hello, sports fans. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. LSU beats them down the floor. The pass from Pinson ahead to Reed. Big guy all by himself. Dunk you very much. I like that. Dunk you very much, Mr. Chris Blair. Voice of the LSU Fighting Tigers. You can follow over on Twitter, which you probably already are. At LSU Tigers Voice. Chris, how are you? Good afternoon, sir. I'm good, Gus. Uh, doing well, man. Just enjoying some of these lighter temperatures, those cooler temperatures. I could mm-hmm. do without the thunderstorms and rain, but I'll take temperatures in the 70s. <laughs> no, no doubt. That is for sure. Another front moving through. Should be cooler by the weekend. Um, look, it hasn't been what we've wanted on the football field, but on the hardwood, 3-0. and 74-58, the last win earlier in the week. You guys play again tonight against McNeese at 7 o'clock. Um Man, it just kind of feels through three games. Again, we'll see as the competition increases where this team are, but there's things that translate you would think come conference play. And right now, Chris, I'm seeing shooting from beyond the arc. I'm seeing paint play. I'm seeing defense. I'm seeing kind of the signs of a well-put-together team. Is that too early to kind of say? No, I would agree with all of that. I mean, you know, I hear that a lot. Like, okay, you're off to a 3 and a start. But, uh, you know, again, the competition is going to get tougher. Yeah, it gets tougher for most everybody in the country. That's what non-conference is for. Uh, and this team, by the way, is also going to get better as the season goes along. But I'm with you. I like what I see early on just simply from a cohesiveness of this team. I mean, you're talking about Darius Days, Eric Gaines, for the most part, being guys who saw substantial minutes from the team a year ago. So now you've got all these new pieces, Xavier Pinson transferring in from Missouri. Efton Reed, who is a five-star, and it's every bit of it based on what I've seen so far of this season. Uh, Tari Eason has been incredible, the sophomore transfer. So you got all these new pieces, but yet they seem to know where each other is on the floor. You know, if there's a steal, they're not trying to dribble in transition. They're making the pass ahead. They know somebody's breaking. Um, they just, you know, they play really well. And I guess the biggest takeaway has been the defense, because, you know, Coach Wade's the first to tell you that, when he draws criticism, even with the success he's had at LSU, it's been about, well, if the team could play defense, we know you can put 80 points a game up, but you've got to hold people to, you know, maybe 65 to be right. successful. 
this team plays defense. And that's the big reason they came away with a solid win over the Liberty. Um, and what I loved about it, you hear the old saying, people love to play defense when the shots are going down. And when the shots aren't going down, you get frustrated, you don't stay focused, and locked in. That was the complete opposite of the way LSU played earlier this week on Monday. Did not shoot the ball well at all, 38% in the first half, in fact. Uh, down a point, 26-25. But they mm-hmm. played defense, and they were tenacious for 40-game minutes. And eventually, with this talented group, the shots come around, and lo and behold, you pull away down the strip. That's why I was going to go, Chris. Look, while, while it's early in the schedule, you, you want to see how your team reacts in certain things in the adversity as you're down at halftime. So how do you do respond? And you kind of went to the next thing I was going to go to. 16 steals. Like, that's that's a lot of steals, right? Your average game, it's 5 to 8. If you get double-digit steals, that's a ton. 16's a hefty number there. Yeah, I mean, that's just they've got active hands. You know, and it starts really with Eric Gaines. I want to give the young man a lot of credit. Um, you know, he not only had five steals the other night, he just kind of disrupts things. Um, you know, it's kind of like we talk about Gus in, in football. You know, if you get a sack or two early in the game, you may not have to sack that quarterback again to affect the quarterback. You know, you may not be able to get home the rest of the game, but if you're bringing pressure, it's going to it's going to have a mental effect and impact on that quarterback. I think the same can be said with the way Eric Gaines plays in the backcourt defensively. He gets a couple of steals. His hands are always active. He'll come at you face-to-face. He'll wait for you to get by him and poke it loose from behind. And I think he just gets in the head mentally of his counterpart. Uh, now, he could work on the offensive side, maybe not turning the ball over as much. It's great to have five steals, but he had four turnovers. But defensively, he is just a disruptor out there on the floor. And, you know, again, I think his teammates kind of feed off that as well. Darius Days is playing defense like I've never seen him play before. Um, you know, the wings are playing good defense. You can play good defense. I know it's maybe not true in college football anymore, the defense wins championships, but I can assure you, you play defense in college basketball, you can go far. All right, so you guys take on McNeese tonight. Um, what do you see with the when you look at the Cowboys? Well, the Cowboys are struggling on the first-year head coach, but, you know, that's to be expected. They're 1-2 and two on the season. They got a win, their first win earlier this week on Monday night as well uh, against a no-name team, no disrespect. But, you know, I think it's it's more about LSU. And if you listened to Coach Will Wade yesterday in his press conference, you would have thought LSU was 0-3. Uh, and that's what we love about Will Wade. He just hasn't liked his energy to start games. You know, the last two ball games, even though they've won big, they didn't have the greatest to start. And so he's going to change up their, their pregame. They're changing up what they're doing today, in fact, mm-hmm. uh, to shoot around. Uh, they'll change the pregame meal. I think it's more about Coach Wade wanting to see those steps of improvement, regardless of who they're playing at this point of the season. It would be a shock if McNeese comes in and gives a fight to LSU, but that's why we play the game, so we'll wait to see. But I think LSU takes this one pretty easily. The talent, the difference in talent is, is night and day, and the depth, actually, for LSU is going to be uh, be able to be seen early in this contest. Speaking with Chris Blair, voice of the LSU Tigers, at LSU Tigers Voice, the way to follow over on Twitter. I said, talk about football. Look, it's not where you you, you want to be. There's no else to really say. It's but right now, you're trying to get to bowl contention. That's this. That's the storyline. The next two weeks, you got to get to six wins. ULM this week, and then you close out at home against Texas A&M. When you look at last week's game against Arkansas, I, I get the sense and feel not only from the coach, from the players, the fan base, and even in your calls, Chris. It, it was kind of one of those games where. You just didn't go take that game, right? Is that kind of like how you remember last Saturday, just they didn't go take it and, and win that game? Absolutely. I mean, that game was there for the taking, and the offense did not deliver. I mean, it's the same story from the week before against Alabama and Tuscaloosa. The defense played more than good enough to win that game. You just didn't get the plays on offense. I mean, you got to think about the fact that Arkansas had the least amount of rushing. They came into the game number, number one, leading the SEC in rushing. Uh, and team rushing. And it's just the second time this year they've been held under 197 yards rushing. The other team to do it was the Georgia Bulldogs. So, I mean, if you look at those numbers, that tells you defensively they got after. They gave up one touchdown. Yeah. They had a full house blitz. I credit KJ Jefferson, the big kid, 6'5, nearly 250 pounds. He survived out of the grasp and threw it downfield. There was nobody covering. And that was the difference in the game. Um, so, you know, the offense, again, I think is where you're missing. And, you know, 
that's the storyline. I told somebody on the radio this morning up in North Louisiana that they must win for LSU against ULM Saturday night. Chris, is it safe to say the last three weeks, I know they put up 31 or gave up 31 to Ole Miss, but again, that offense has kind of struggled there, but 20 to Bama, 16 while losses. Is it safe to say Durante Jones, his staff, and that side of the football has improved over the last couple of weeks? Oh, there's no question about it. I mean, it's just a different looking defense. I mean, number one, it starts with going back to the three, four alignment, the odd right. front. Um, and now they're allowing themselves to bring pressure from different points. I mean, that was, I mean, you know, hate to bring it up, but that's kind of what was the beauty of Dave Aranda. It wasn't as if he was throwing a lot of exotic blitz at offenses, but he was using pressure points from different spots on the field. And again, much like I talked earlier about that mental aspect of the game, the quarterback now is seeing something pre-snap, but he's just not sure once he gets the ball in his hands where the pressure is coming from. Same pressure applies to the offensive line. So while pre-snap, they can start pointing and looking and seeing where this guy is, doesn't necessarily mean where the pressure is going to come from. And that's exactly what LSU defensively has done the last two weeks. And that's why they've been so successful, because they have out-and-out pure athletes playing defense. Uh, when you look across that defensive lineup, even as depleted as they are, I mean, Cam Lewis is an exceptional athlete. White McLaughlin is an exceptional athlete. Micah Baskerville and Damone Clark have done nothing but put money in their bank coming up in a few months based on the way they've played. So now it's, I think the three forward changed everything, and they're playing with confidence. My biggest fear is now two weeks in a row where they have really carried the load. How do they mentally prepare against the team that, yes, on paper you're supposed to be able to handle? But it's easy to get up for Alabama, Tuscaloosa. It's not as easy, but fairly easy to get up for Arkansas at home. You know, now it's about can they right. create that same type of energy and excitement against a team out of the Sun Belt that's four and six. Any inclination with Coach this week, his radio show yesterday, or just uh, listening to the players and staff, what, what are they going to do with quarterback the last two weeks? Yeah, I think it's going to be Max Johnson. I mean, he mentioned it to me last night that, you know, they've come to the point now where another game where Garrett Nussmeyer and his redshirt is gone. Now, you know, the talk last week was he wanted to play. Uh, his family wanted him to play. Um, I get the sense maybe that changed a little bit. I don't think it had anything to do with his performance against Arkansas. I think now they've had some time to reflect on it, and they think, you know what? There's some exciting stuff coming around the program about who could possibly be the head coach, and let's go ahead and redshirt. So I think it's in Max Johnson's hands. Now, I'll say that, while at the same time, I don't believe that if things go completely south, that I believe Garrett Nussmeyer will be on that sideline going, hey, put me in, coach. I, I think he's that type of competitor, right. and we'll see. But I think the plan is for the next two weeks, to go with Max Johnson. And frankly, guys, against Texas A&M, a defense that's very opportunistic and can force you to turn the ball over, Garrett is going to be a great player. And he has no fear. He's got an incredible arm. But I think you'd rather go with Max Johnson, who does a better job because of the reps he has and not throwing into dangerous spots and creating those turnovers. Now, he's got mm-hmm. picks on the year. Don't get me wrong. Sure. But I think he gives you a better chance of protecting the football. And that's what you're going to need. Well, you're going to need it Saturday, but you're certainly going to need it next week. At LSU Tigers Voice, the way to follow over on Twitter, Mr. Chris Blair. has got a basketball game to call tonight, LSU and McNeese. You can check that out as well uh, Saturday when they take on ULM. Second to last game of the season. They'll be at home at the very least. Chris, you don't have to do much traveling, you know? No, it's going to be pretty easy. By the way, how were you in five or six different spots this past week? My goodness, my friend, you're working too hard. <laughs> well, um, the graph made a little fun of me yesterday on the air. I said, tomorrow I'm filling in for J.P. Heath for Rice. So tomorrow I'm the voice of the Owls as they take on the privateer. So the voice of the Owls, Arkansas game day at noon, and still Tulane women's basketball as well at 4. So, yeah, it's, it's, it is what it I is. I like the approach. I like the approach. Have voice, we'll travel. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I like that. There it is, Chris. Appreciate it, man. Take care, bud. Enjoy the call tonight. We'll be watching. You too, man. Tell Graf I said, hey, if he's, you know, whatever exotic locale he's in today, if you talk to him, tell him I <laughs> I definitely will. At LSU Tigers Voice on Twitter, Mr. Chris Blair joins us on Thursdays. That brings an end to hour number one. Coming up in hour two, we'll talk about what Graf was doing yesterday as we'll talk about the Pels and the Heat in Miami. That's next on your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans.
To show you how easy it is to file a claim with GEICO, we hired a scary movie victim. Oh no, a tree fell on my car, and there's only one thing to do. Trip over my own feet and pull myself across the lawn while yelling help at a barely audible volume. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but you filed a claim with GEICO, so you've got a designated claims team to help you. This GEICO sounds suspiciously reassuring. Are you sure I don't end up getting surprised with an unexpected twist? Just that your GEICO team will always be there to keep you updated. No! What is it? Oh, nothing. I just didn't see that coming. GEICO. Great service without all the drama.